Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm your host, Joe Santagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. If you guys want to support the show, you can hit our Patreon, patreon.com slash OPL show to get some extra episodes and some other cool stuff. So go check it out. Anyway, Greg, what do we have today? Before we get to our episode, we want to shout out another podcast that we think you guys should check out. It is called Hashtag Millennial. It is basically a weekly roundtable of lifelong friends that are discussing the latest news affecting our daily lives, uh, sort of commentary on life, world events, pop culture through the lens of young adults who happen to be friends with one another, which I, I think we offer a similar perspective in a way. Well, we are millennials. We're, yeah, we're young adults. We're millennials. And uh, I think, you know, there's always more to millennials than people think. I think I we like it has a negative that. connotation sometimes. Of course. This does sound like a podcast that I'd be interested in. I listen to like random podcasts. Like really I listen to podcasts things. all day. So do I. And uh, yeah, this this is a great one to kind of, I think, get your news and, and kind of hear arguments in, you know, fun ways. Um, but it's not all about figuring out how to afford rent and securing, securing our digital lives, eating avocado toast and all those kind of typical millennial things that... <laughs> You know, people like to associate with us. Uh, They talk about relationships, things like annoying family members, anything else that enters their minds, uh, which, you know, for us, I think we're always open to conversations that go anywhere. Yeah. And uh, super funny. It's a podcast uh, that, you know, you're going to laugh at. Could help you grow up a little, get through uh, all this confusing confusing news of our time. Um, But definitely check them out. They're awesome. Uh, we've been spreading the podcast love lately. You know, awesome to support them. They're supporting us. So check it out. It's hashtag millennial. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys get podcasts. Yeah. And I think it's especially cool because something like that, where it's like you get a range of, of things on a podcast, it's you, I, I personally would rather hear it through the, the lens of someone who I can kind of like relate to and not someone who's maybe a little older because I mean, in our world and industry or whatever things are changing every five seconds Mm -hmm. so to be listening uh to it from people who kind of are in the same realm as you a millennial quote-unquote uh i think is probably the best way to digest that information yeah and you just when i think when you yeah when you consume stuff like that you want to just feel like you're also sitting at the table with your friends or sitting on the couch listening to them and that's definitely something that the show brings yeah check it out uh cool um, anyway, Greg, what do we have today? Today, we are diving back into the world of extraterrestrials. Aliens. Aliens. I like it. We had a, a guy on... Are you an alien believer? Yes. Me too. Yeah. I just... Yes. Just the answer is yes. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's it's kind of... I would almost go on the record to say it's dumb to believe otherwise, to be honest with you. Hmm. I think there's definitely aliens. I don't, I don't know about like there aren't. I don't know about like independent state like pew pew like you know everyone turns to dust kind of aliens but no. You there, know, there's other things out there. Just the idea of another life form, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, come on. Whether we've made contact with them or not, I don't know. Up in the air. The but guy, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. The guy we're speaking to today thinks yes. Well, a couple seasons ago we had a guest on who claims that he was abducted by aliens. Right. So we've we've discussed this topic before. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that have abduction stories. I'm not saying that I don't believe the guy we spoke to. I believe that he believes what he told us. Right. Was he abducted by aliens? I don't know. We'll never know. But 
today we, we want to jump uh, back into the subject and dive a little bit deeper. So instead of speaking to someone with an abduction story, again, we're speaking to a guy named Jeremy Corbell. Corbell? We're so bad with names. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Corbell. And uh, this guy is an investigative filmmaker. So he has literally dedicated his life to exploring aliens, UFOs. Um, he's made a bunch of documentaries where he speaks to experts, like so scientists, government officials, former military and intelligence officers, all people who have claimed to come in contact with, you know, documents or things that, you know, prove that there has been contact with aliens, that the government does have alien technology in their possession and things like that. So this guy is a true believer. Um, there's a quote from one of his trailers. It's, not only are we not alone, they are already here. So this guy believes... Oh, they're walking around. This guy believes they're here. Walking, doing... That's I awesome. mean, we're about to find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy, he really... Uh, he's even spoken with uh, Bob Lazar, who is the guy, kind of like the government whistleblower who first came out and brought uh, Area 51 to the attention of the public. So he was a guy that basically said, I worked here, we have alien technology. He like reversed engineered the alien technology and claimed that they found out you know, how they travel through time and space and all that. And that was a big thing when that happened a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so he's spoken to that guy. He just always, he speaks to basically, you know, what he's saying are credible individuals uh, and just really, you know, dedicating his, his time and his life to exploring this topic and I guess trying to uh, make it known that there are some answers out there that kind of prove alien life is here. Interesting. Which I'm, I'm down for. I'm down for it. I'm down. Yeah. I, I don't I'm know. Down are you, hang out with aliens. <laughs> are you down for the government hiding these secrets, though? Does the government have to? I mean, Here's, that's where it gets I, I don't know. I, I You know, like my dad used to say, a person is smart, people are stupid, which I agree with. And maybe if you told people on a large scale, like, hey, there's aliens here, people would lose their minds. And like, you know. Right. Dude, we're all humans, and we can't even get that right. Like, we hate <laughs> other humans for no reason. Like... Imagine aliens right. from a different like planet, you know, and their technology. Even if even if it wasn't alien life forms with alien technology or something of the sort, like I, how do you give that out? You know, how do you let industries and everything start using that technology? Yeah, then does it become weapons? Then is it like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's interesting. I mean, we're gonna find out. I guess. Yeah, I'm sure I, he knows I think uh, more than I'm we a do. Passive believer, and after talking to this guy, I might. Be believe a full a little on, harder. Uh, full on belief. Maybe you're an alien. I don't know. Maybe I'm an alien. I don't know. Whoa. Or maybe you do know, and you're just saying that to me. Uh, oh, reverse, reverse psychology. No, that's so. That's such a human uh, tactic. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I could just make you believe me if I was an alien. You know, I could just do it with my mind. I don't know anything about aliens. So anyway, uh, yeah, let's give this guy a call. Find out uh, what's going on. I need to know if they're here on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have Jeremy on the line. Uh, first of all, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, no problem. Um, so my first question is, we, you know, we kind of went over in, in the intro, like, you know, you're a filmmaker and some of the stuff you've done and, you know, a general idea of, you know, what you're doing. Um, but one thing that stood out to me was that you said, uh, not only are we not alone, they are already here. So I just, wanna, like, that stood out to me. I'm like, I need to know. 
what he means by that. So can you tell me what you mean by that exactly? Yeah, sure. We can jump <laughs> right into it with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, e- essentially what has happened to my life since I was doing MMA and that's that's all I ever thought I would do in my life. Falling into filmmaking, I'm an accidental artist in that way. It's because there were these stories, highly credible individuals that that seemed to want to talk to me. I got really lucky right off the bat, started getting some interviews with people who normally didn't talk and wouldn't talk. So falling into that, it really kind of you know punctured my whole version of reality and changed the way that I view the world. So that one statement you're picking out, it's kind of the crux of everything, right? Um, the idea that I like to say is my curiosity was weaponized, meaning that I no longer could sit back and hear these stories and say, oh, that might be true, that might not be true. I wanted to find out the truth. I wanted to proactively become a participant in uncovering this truth rather than just being a consumer of this information. So so that's what I mean by you know, my curiosity is weaponized. Now, in that statement that you're talking about when I say, you know, they're already here. So we don't know who they are. That That's under big debate. People like saying these are extraterrestrials or some kind of intelligence has been engaging humanity since the beginning of recorded human history. That is undeniable. That is That has been happening whether our minds can wrap around that or not. Well, but what do you we mean don't... when you say that by interacting with human history? Right. So, so since the beginning of recorded human history, you have accounts of interaction with the unknown, with an intelligence that seems to toy with or play with the thoughts, memories, and consciousness of humanity. It has influenced huge sociological events throughout time. The most common form of this is in the form of what we call UFOs, that typically we think of as silver disks in the sky. But I mean, you look at what Carl Jung would say about this, and he would say these are physical manifestations from a collective unconscious or consciousness. So the idea, it's kind of chicken or the egg. We don't know exactly what it is, but there is there appears to be some sort of external intelligence that is performing a display for humanity. My hope is that that display because it's always one step ahead technologically of what what human beings where we're at on this earth. So in the 18, late 1800s, UFOs were airships. They were dirigibles. They were floatable airships. That's what people were seeing in the late 1800s and were reported all around the earth. That's interesting. Now, so you're saying yes. that what was seen was kind of it correlated with the time and almost what it's, what someone could imagine at that time as being yes. advanced. Yes, it's always one step ahead. But but again, this is a chicken or egg problem because when you look at descriptions from back in ancient times of the brightest star in the sky following people and guiding people or things like that, you know, you have these shields of fire. That's how they were described back in the day when when let's say Alexander was conquering different cities. There was one city where Alexander went to go conquer and there were there were these flying shields in the sky of, of fire and they beamed onto a wall blew up the wall both sides of that battle reported that incident even the losing side that there were these things in the sky that intervened so you have to ask yourself the way they could describe this is by shields on fire that those were the words they had so what are the words that we have now we're much more technologically savvy than we were back you know, at that time for sure, but even the 1800s. So now our language to describe what we're seeing is imposing this idea 
that these are hardcore physical craft flying saucers since the 50s. Are they that? Or is that just kind of how we can describe them up to date now compared to how we could describe them during the time that Alexander was conquering the Earth? I mean, that's the chicken or egg problem. We don't really know what UFOs are. The only thing we can say for sure is that UFOs represent a huge amount of power in a small amount of space. That is proven. So what about like the videos that exist now of like, you know, the super people are like, oh, did you see that? Or like they have old videos of UFOs. Uh, are those real or is those, are we just like, are those fake? I mean, 99.9% of everything that you see in this realm on the internet are, you know, it's fake, hundred percent, hundred percent of ninety nine percent is fake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's all, it's, it's just, um, yeah. It, look, the phenomenon is it, that's what I call it, the phenomenon, because it's not just hardcore, you know, metal craft. However, that is an element of this. That that is a real element of this hardcore physical craft, metamaterials, alloys that are retrievable, and they have been retrieved, but not only by the U.S. government, but also by private citizens. You know, little bits. So that is an aspect of this, but th there's much more to it. So I call it the phenomenon because it includes UFOs, but it's not limited to. And, and it appears that it does play games, that it does toy with people and their perception. Our military knows that UFOs seem to distort uh, memory and, and time space when they're engaged with prolonged, what they call in Defense Intelligence Agency documents, prolonged U UAP exposure. UAP is um, unidentified, what you know, whatever they call it now. UAAV, UAP. There's all these acronyms. Basically, it's a UFO. So, are you not in, even entirely sure if there is aliens as we think, like these, you know, figures walking around, or is it just like an energy or something? I I, I have less understanding of what it means by saying something is an energy than I do by saying that it is alien to us. So yeah, I don't know if these are you know, physical alien beings from another star system that have come here compared to extra temporals, you know, uh, a being from another time. If you think about it, in order for an advanced intelligent species or another being to get in a craft and come here in any logical amount of time space, they are by definition time travelers because they must be distorting gravity, which is the only thing we know that distorts time and space, which it does. That's a basic physics problem. So by being able to travel here at all, however they're getting here, if they're from another star system, let's say, they are by definition time travelers as well. So you, you know, you're going to put labels on them, whatever you think they are. There are there. Uh, all I can say, there appears to be an intelligence that has been engaging humanity since the beginning of recorded human history. Your guess is as good as mine. If it's an alien from another star system. Uh, I don't know that the evidence doesn't point to that alone. So you personally, you know, you mentioned you kind of, you almost had a life before investigative filmmaking and you're doing MMA and all that. What, I guess something where there is so little evidence, uh, and you know, just speculation and things that are covered up. I mean, what made you so interested that you kind of made that shift to dedicate your life to you know, trying to find answers. What were some of the either stories that you heard or things that people told you um, that, you know, would, would allow you to just make such a drastic change in your life? And obviously one that, and, and in why we're interested in having you on the show, one that is obviously 
not a mainstream belief. It's not the conventional thought process. It's probably something that, you know, would be controversial, controversial, um, in a lot of spaces when, when you talk about it to other people. Well, you know, it's funny. We have all these preconceived notions that are incorrect. So let, let's hit those. First of all, um, you know, you said this is a field with, with very little evidence. You know, I, I'd like to challenge that and say there's much more evidence for flying saucers uh, than there is for God. Very simply, there's physical, tangible evidence and proof in trace cases and eyewitness testimony to flying saucers. We don't have that for God. Come on, you know, didn't a lady see uh, Jesus in her toast or something? Or? Right, right. Well, okay. So that's so again, my all my statements are going to be a matter of opinion and debatable. But I'm saying that there there is a lot more eyewitness, personal, with physical trace evidence testimony for UFOs than than there is for any religion on this earth, which people don't like to hear, but um, it is true. Yeah, now, I don't think we disagree with that. Right. And then, I mean, look at the miracle of Fatima, and that is, you know, this historic event of an apparition of Mother Mary, or it's a landing of a UFO. And it just really depends on how you read that information and look at the testimony and experiences by the hundreds, if not thousands of people that looked at it. So I, I just want to challenge the first thing you said, that there's no evidence. That, that is incorrect. And, and our government has been compiling evidence far beyond Project Blue Book. They said in 1969, the United States government is no longer interested in UFOs, and they closed Project Blue Book. Well, in December of 2017, we found out that that was a lie and that there is an existing UFO program, something that has not been made public yet. But I will tell you here was that there were 40-something UFO programs. I have exposed some of that information. I exposed the story before the New York Times about Commander David Fraber and the Tic Tac UFO off the coast of California. I did break that story before the New York Times. So what, is, on... what is that story exactly? <laughs> okay. This you know, I'm sorry. There's, yeah, there's so much we can go into. Okay, guys, you really got this is really important for your listeners, right? So last year, we learned about a Pentagon secret UFO study. The New York Times came out in December, and they said there were $22 million was allocated and spent to study so-called flying saucers, right? Do you guys recall that at all? It was not just the New York Times, but do you recall that? I actually do now, yeah. Yeah, they released two videos, right? Two videos of UFOs from government cameras. Ah, uh, okay, yes. Was this, yeah, this it was like a year ago or so, and it was- December was... 17th, 2017, I think. And December. it was like black and white footage from, I forget where because it was captured. It, yeah, because it was heat footage. It was FLIR, forward-looking mm -hmm. infrared footage. So it, one of those two videos, the first one that was released, was released from an, an object that Commander David Fraber, he's like a Top Gun badass fighter pilot, happens to be a friend of mine. So I was working with him prior for about two years before this, before this case hit the news, the New York Times, to kind of see how much information I could bring out of him. What he engaged was a tic-tac-shaped kind of porcelain white, 40-foot long, no propellers, no rudders, no propulsion, looking at no, no classic propulsion. The thing was moving in a way that seemed to distort time-space. It was a gravitationally propelled craft. He witnessed this. They had a number, 10 different um, eyeballs on this thing. I mean, this was an object that was real picked up on radar and there was an internal intelligence study done to figure out what this object was. It was a UFO. He engaged it 
and they have footage of it. That's what that event is. And the world will now start to understand that this is a real topic because our government is concerned about the national security implications of things flying within our airspace with impunity. And that's exactly what they're going after now. Hmm. So, yeah, it, it's important to know you're going to learn a lot more about it. That did hit the news. Not everybody's aware of it. And it does bring me to to a movie that I have coming out because it will be breaking big news about that $22 million and that program to study so-called flying saucers. Interesting. Very. And, and the government basically has admitted to this. I mean, there is money. Like, this is being funded by the government currently. This is legit white world. Well, uh-huh. they're lying, and they're saying that the study ended in 2012. Uh, okay. I, I have documents to, to disprove that with my mentor in journalism, George Knapp, and we will let those documents out. That is absolutely false information. But, you know, how many times has the government lied to you? Probably all the time. To answer your original question, why I got interested in this, why my imagination was weaponized, was really simply actually before I was I was doing jujitsu my whole life. That's what I was into. But it, when I was 13 years old, I, I heard a guy named Bob Lazar on the radio. If you don't know who Bob Lazar is, look him up. He's probably the most important cosmic whistleblower on this planet. Um, he's the reason you know about Area 51 is because of Bob Lazar. So his story is so profound and it's so important. And I heard that on the radio when I was 13 years old and that kind of stayed in the back of my mind. And then, you know, fast forward, I got a life-threatening illness. I couldn't practice jujitsu anymore. And I was kind of stuck having to figure out my life into something else. And, you know, fine art and film kind of caught me as something, a way I could make an impact, finding out uh, some of the truth, hopefully, to some of these bizarre things. Joe is just staring at the uh, video I'm right at the now. Video, I, I had never seen this video before, um, but yeah, that's crazy. So wait, so you don't think this is something that's being driven by a being? This could just be, uh, this could be the entire alien, quote unquote, that we, you know, we're like, okay, that is the thing. It's not like a ship necessarily. I, I've, I was not expecting this at all. I was thinking that if someone who believed in aliens, it was a, a, a being, but you're throwing me off with saying that it could just be, uh, you know, it could be anything technically. Yeah. We're doing a deep dive into some of the most kind of profound thought process about what the UFO experience is all about. Typically people are very comfortable with what they call the ETH, the extraterrestrial, uh, the extraterrestrial hypothesis, right? The idea that these are just beings from other solar systems that are more technologically advanced and they're popping in and out of our reality. Uh, However, the evidence does not promote that. It's a fly in the ointment. When people start really looking at the evidence of these encounters, these close encounters, and there are certain things, certain stories that will really drive that home to you. And that's what my movie, Hunt for the Skinwalker, really does, is it explores uh, this from an angle of scientific uh, observation. And, and, and what happens is you start to see that it doesn't quite add up that it's that simple, that it's as simple as beings coming from other solar systems. But what you're looking at, Joe, you're looking at FLIR footage, government, military, fighter pilot, uh, a FLIR pod based underneath that, it's engaging an unknown target that's showing up on radar for about nine days. And a lot of these objects, they're coming in from 80,000 feet and they're dropping down to 50 feet above the water in a split second. And like, I have like, heard that too. Like, I mean, a helicopter can't do that. A plane definitely can't do that. 
right? That kind of like we're, shift in altitude so quickly. We are so far beyond that. Check this out. With the FLIR, you can tell that the way the thing is moving, that it doesn't have any plumes of heat. You need a reactionary system for propulsion as far as we know it. You need to push something back in order to move forward. This craft not only has no aerodynamic features, wings, tail fin, propellers, nothing. It also doesn't have a reactionary system. And you can tell because of the heat signatures and all sorts of different optics they had to view this object. However, this is one of many that the military has documented. This is just one that's public for you to look at, acknowledged by our Pentagon as our footage of a UFO. So you've been given that. In that footage is kind of the answer to everything. You know, it is far beyond the technology that our nation or any nation on earth has or has ever had. So now the question is, whose is it? What is it? Is it a scout ship? Is it a drone? Or is it an entity? Hmm. I think I have seen another video of something like this where there was like something that looked like a bright light that was above like a city. And then in a second, it just shot into the sky. Unfortunately, that's a fake video, and that was over Mecca. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, multiple yeah, because, camera angles. So I've this, never believed. That but this angle. kind of seems like the same deal of where you told me like it was dropping to 50 feet at speeds that are like impossible for... Very, well, first of all, very different because it's real. And second of all... Well, very the idea, I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no I'm, I'm just messing with you a little bit. A little sense of humor, right? I, I'm just kidding around. But I mean, no, it, there is a big difference. But yes, that, that has always been observed. These altitude and velocity changes where it's almost like an impact stop where something can go 30,000 miles an hour and then make a right-hand turn where normally, you know, just the, the speed of sound when you're moving, if you were to try to make a trajectory change, you need to slow, you need to change. If something actually like hit an invisible wall, I mean, it would just explode. Anything would explode. Every occupant in that craft would be crushed. There would be a huge explosion. Somehow these things are able to traverse. That's either an optical illusion because of some sort of time space travel mechanism right so our eyes are seeing this object appear to make a 90 degree turn at 30,000 miles an hour because they have somehow manipulated gravity and time to make it appear like that to us or in fact it is making that change and they have complete control of gravity it's a gravity propelled craft that's really the only explanation we have and it is congruent with our known physics we just can't do it right now because we can't amplify a gravity wave which is what it would take in order to distort time space using gravity. So yeah, it's crazy, man. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> and we have videos of this stuff and um, it's acknowledged and it's, you know, people are just starting to, to put that together. And to go back to what you said about the ETH, I believe you called it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds like what you were saying in the beginning where that's almost a more comforting idea of an alien to us but again it's it's what we can comprehend right now like of course they have limbs they have a civilization it's almost mirroring us just with the idea of you know advanced technology yeah we are so egotistical we're like well it's <laughs> yeah, they gotta have be to just be like, like us. us but i mean imagine if next year we find out that all this matter that we can't account for dark matter in our universe which makes up like the majority of matter in our universe we're, we, we've been trying to figure this out in physics for a long time. What if like next week we wake up and scientists have figured it out and they're like, holy shit, we figured out dark matter. Dark matter, why we can't find it is because there's a parallel universe and it's got matter in it. And we're detecting that matter in our universe, but there's a parallel right next to ours, like a fractional difference. 
And that's what we're detecting as dark matter. Holy shit. Maybe these UFOs are just perforating that, that, that boundary. And they're just coming through. So, so then all of a sudden, we're going to be like, oh, well, they're not from other star systems. In fact, they're right from here. So they're not really extraterrestrial. They're, they're more like interdimensional, right? Mm. So wow. there's all these possibilities. And we're the idiots who, who always think we know what's true. <laughs> We've seen Independence Day, so we, we know what's going on. that's the ultimate truth beware the aliens so do you have a a personal theory that you kind of hold true or are you kind of like i'm still figuring it all out also oh yeah as soon as you get anybody in this field who says they're an expert or says that they know the ultimate truth discard them immediately (laughs) they're gonna start selling you snake oil and telling you to follow their cults and um, you know, they'll charge $500 to summon UFOs with you. I mean, be freaking careful. Um, no, I don't know the answer. Anybody that does, uh, you, you know, they're an idiot. They're missing it. And uh, one day, I think we'll, we'll know more. And I think every day, actually, we're learning more. Like, we've just learned that the United States government has been studying from a technological standpoint UFOs and UFO materials for decades. Active programs. That's acknowledged now. So we learn something new every day. Right. So, you know, the documentary that you're doing or that you have done, is that more so informative and not necessarily like, is it, is it just to, to show like, oh, this is what is happening in our government. Like we are actually spending money to find out what's going on with that. It's not necessarily like, they're lying. This is what's happening. Like, or no, yeah, I'm not trying to. Why people say they like my movies? Because I'm not trying to jam, you know, my version of Kool Aid for you to drink down your throat. You know, I am showing you what I know, the evidence of what I had, and I'm getting really unique access to really rare places and people, and I present that as a narrative. So my films are very much intimate uh, human looks at very complex, extraordinary ideas. This film that uh, has come out at this point is called Hunt for the Skinwalker. And interestingly enough, it's about a place called Skinwalker Ranch. It's, it's a location in northeastern Utah, a ranch that was used as a living laboratory by a billionaire who, who bought this to study UFOs. But they quickly found out that there was much more than UFO activity going on there. So hundreds of reports of phenomena at this ranch were, were made over the years, and it's one of the most famous paranormal hotspots, for lack of a better word, paranormal, including UFOs, in, in history. And it's the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot in human history. That's for sure, because not only was there an individual scientific study by PhD-level scientists over seven years run by um, a, a billionaire named Robert Bigelow, who put Beam, which is an attachable inflatable habitat on the International Space Station. The guy's a big time aerospace baller, has Bigelow Aerospace, right? And he studied this with his scientists for seven years. And then the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Pentagon's intelligence branch, got interested in the phenomenon because they know it's real. And they were trying to determine, I know it sounds crazy, they were trying to determine if there was a national security threat based upon the phenomena that occur on the ranch, from UFOs to creatures to what appear to be dimensional portholes. 
Yeah, I have some. I have two notes written down. It seems yeah. incomplete. It's kind of random, but I wrote because uh, I think you actually mentioned this in the trailer um, to the movie. I wrote down strange lights, and then under that, I have animal mutilation, which are two yeah. things you mentioned. But I guess yeah, what are some of the I guess more tangible uh, pieces of pieces of evidence that they found on the ranch? Right. So just I have been also studying the whole of the Uinta Basin because the ranch is just a living laboratory. It's like an island within a, a native sovereign nation where they could study and, and be kind of left alone to study the phenomenon. But this goes way back in history. So the events and the types of things, you know, they range from perplexing to wholly terrifying. There's vanishing and mutilated cattle, unidentified flying objects, some small, some ginormous the appearance of huge otherworldly creatures, like actual creatures that the scientists did observe through night vision, crawling out of portholes, flying orbs. Some were blue. They called them blue meanies because they would induce an artificial terror in the brain. And that was something that the Defense Intelligence Agency was really interested in because that's a technology they wish that they had. <laughs> I feel um, like this is your version of an amusement park. <laughs> Buy tickets paranormal, to it, You can't get in. It's more locked down than Area 51. It's wow. Area 51 of the paranormal. You cannot get in. Less people have been there than Area 51. So I'm not promoting it. You can't go there. Wow. You will be on the wrong end of a shotgun, but it's private land and it's native sovereign nation all around it. So no, you can't go there, but it is a paranormal Disneyland <laughs> and these things have been occurring and it defies all imagination and belief unless you got some screws loose. And I mean, I was like, this, that's ridiculous. Then I was able to go there on numerous occasions and I was able to speak with you went. and interact. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so, one of the lucky few that was able to. And this, spend and you time. have footage there, and that is what the, the new for the first time is. in history. Yeah, for the first time in history, Ooh. in my movie, not only do you get to see modern day footage from within the ranch, from active investigations in the ranch, modern day, first time in history they've ever let footage off the ranch, but you also get 30 years of footage from the ranch during the active investigations that were that footage was accumulated by my mentor in journalism George Knapp never to be shown to the public yet we got a green light so all of that is in my movie so why you though why would they give it to you i was super lucky you know um it, it's kind of like i'm very persistent and i happened you know m again my mentor george you know I, I asked him every day that i saw him hey man can we you know, bust open that footage. The world's got to see this. Come on, man. Come on, man. I just bothered him and bothered him. And, you know, I never thought it would actually, he'd actually say we could do it, but I figured I would at least put my hat in the ring to, to help make, you know, take this to the next level. And then an opportunity arose and the ranch was sold by the billionaire Robert Bigelow to another individual. And in that sale, there was this opportunity and I have a good relationship with the new owner. And uh, he was very okay with us putting the footage and the information out and letting people know a little bit about what's been going on for the last 30 years. Lucky. I'm lucky. So I don't suppose you will let us in on at least one thing that we might see in this movie. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. No matter what I describe, it's not going to take away from you actually going to iTunes and renting the movie. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's not for me. I'm <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what I tell you to see actual footage from the ranch. You've never, no one's ever seen it. And not only it's a two hour, seven minute movie, but there's an hour and a half of bonus material. Another whole movie that I put together because I couldn't jam this all into a short amount. So there's so much footage. Nothing I can say can get rid of that. But I mean, yeah, basically it's like, what do you want to hear? Because there's so much that occurred there that was scientifically studied. Like the mutilations are bizarre. 
you know, there, there's an animal. They tag the ear of this baby calf. They walk away for about 20 minutes. And I was standing right there recently where the calf was found. You walk away for about 20 minutes. You're 200 yards away. You can still see exactly where you were standing. I mean, we're talking like there's nothing that obscures your view on this land. So within 20 minutes, they find the calf laying there. It had been eviscerated. All of its internal organs completely gone. Not a single drop of blood on the grass anywhere around it. It had been completely drained of its blood. There, they determined through scientific analysis and through the necropsy that there were two metallic types of tools that were used to do this mutilation, that they believed the blood was uh, drained out with a pressure system. So like, I don't know, sucked out by some mechanism, a machine, right? And it was displayed there in a kind of delicate fashion as if to be seen, you know, it was displayed arms and legs out this carcass, uh, you know, typical mutilation stuff, ear missing, you know, I think the tongue was cut off on this one. It, it's the basic mutilation scenario you got for what is this just to scare people or is there some sort of thing that's being studied? We, we don't know. And that's not even the weirdest thing. That's the most prosaic thing that occurred on the ranch. So what is something that like even shocked you when you went there like, oh my God, like this is, this is crazy. Well, it's all crazy. If any of it well, is yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. There's not a single thing that's not crazy about it. If any of it is true, it's totally insane. And it, it's really hard for me to say these things didn't happen. There's too many witnesses, too much physical evidence, too many big brained people who don't want any type of public recognition who studied this, uh, you know, scientists of great, um, you know, great prowess, you know, have studied this and their names will never be told, but I've been able to talk to them in private and they believe it. They've seen this evidence. They tried to communicate with this intelligence. So look, man, it's everything from huge physical, what we'd call spaceships, you know, they look like saucers flying across the ranch, you know, cutting the tops of the trees off with the bodies of these craft, which is weird, um, to creatures. That's the weirdest part about this ranch. I mean, Two scientists sitting on a ridge, night vision, 1997, I think. They're looking through night vision. It was Russian night vision. It was pretty good quality. And they see this orange glow above the, the ground, about four feet above the ground on a road that runs through the ranch. They bring up the night vision. They look. That little orange glow appears to be an orange geometric inverted porthole with something crawling out of it. This thing elbows the edges, pops out, lands on the ground. It's dark, no face, no neck, about 700 pounds. The thing walks off into the, the forest. The porthole closes. Now, this is something that was reported over and over and over by the rancher. He saw these things open in the sky, ships coming through. This is what got the Defense Intelligence Agency interested. If things have a way to transport for battle, let's say, onto a battleground, that's something they want to know. So that kind of thing, to me, is the craziest. What is that? It sounds like Stranger Things. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's like a whole yeah. different world that's going on at the same exact time. Uh, wow. Yeah, look, man, I, again, uh, like I said, it's up to you. But if any of this is true, it's, it's game changing. What, what is this? I, you know, I don't know. Now, I've never seen anything myself. I mean, that's. That is another fly in the ointment. I'm telling you what these scientists have reported in internal government documents that have not been made public, as an example. I mean, this stuff is taken very seriously. All right. But 
I've never seen it. Did you? Were you expecting to see anything when you went there? Sure, I was hoping to see something that didn't terrify me to death. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's I, I put on an extra skeptical hat when I went out there. You know, because. Everybody's expect. I mean, look, people go out there. I think it's like a Rorschach test. I think they see what they want to see. Like if you got any marbles loose, they're gone once you hit the ranch. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just begs for exaggeration. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't exaggerate and I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what I can prove and what happened and I'm interested in the testimony. So, yeah, out there, I mean, I have seen some things that, that I can't explain, but I don't know what it was, you know, like at the homestead on the second part of the ranch, it, it kind of lit up with light. And that's something that's reported there. And there's no artificial light out there. And I have no idea what lit it up. But I saw that. But what is that? It's nothing. It's light. Who cares? Hmm. This is interesting. This is. That's awesome that you got that experience too. Yeah. I feel very lucky. Yeah. I mean, however, one of the things the DIA guys talk about is hitchhikers. And people say you kind of tempt fate the more you go back to the ranch because it appears either if this is a manifestation of belief or if it's actually physically real, it is not uncommon that when people spend time at the ranch, when they leave, that whatever this is seems to, they believe it follows them. So people have been affected after they've left the ranch, like the, the Gormans who originally lived there, we call them the Gormans. They left the state and this paranormal activity continued to follow them and plague them in their lives so some of the agents who were there from the dia had a similar experience you know badass warrior types and uh so that is something that i think you should be cognizant of you should have a respect because again if it is true it's just an insurance card you're carrying if you're if if you pay attention you know yeah wow what um this is gonna sound like a kindergarten question after all of this (laughs) (laughs) but we i mean i think it's cool because we're coming from this from the perspective of obviously not having done much research in this field, which is why I find it so interesting. Um, Area 51, obviously everyone knows Area 51 now. It's kind of like in everyone's vocabulary. But where does that stand today? And whatever happened with Area 51? I mean, have have people explored? Have people seen it? Is it, I, I don't what is it? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad, you know, you ask it that way. Uh, so this is October now. In on December fourth, another film of mine will be releasing publicly. Everybody can can get it in December, and it's called Bob Lazar, Area Fifty One, and Flying Saucers. So, in nineteen eighty nine, a man named Bob Lazar came forward with this story. He's a former government physicist, right? He came forward with a story an account of reverse engineering alien spacecraft for the U.S. military. And we're talking hardcore physical disks, right? So the reason the public even knows about, you know, the name Area 51 is because of Bob Lazar and because he talked about the work he did there. He was kind of like burdened with this revolutionary secret and he was he was struggling between his oath to his country and his conscience. And that's what this movie is about. So his testimony, it remains the most controversial and, and important, I think, story in, in all time of UFOs. Because if what he's saying is true, uh, and people have tried to discredit him for 30 years now, but if what he's saying is true, it's, it's monumental. So that's where we stand with Area 51. We know they've done great things in secrecy there. We know that they've produced the SR-71, uh, you know, f- the stealth fighter. We know that they've done great, great work for the American uh, military there, 
secret projects, black projects, and they continue to do that to this day. However, the big secret is if at Area 51, at a sub-base of Area 51 called S4, Site 4, if they're indeed working on non-terrestrial propulsion, non-terrestrial topics, and that's what Bob claimed. So the lore is the same. Area 51, the big question, have we worked on alien spacecraft there? And my film on December 4th, Bob Lazar, it will tackle that question. Hmm. Wow. So really, no answers have really come out of there since. Well, a lot of answers have come out. It just depends what you consider evidence or proof or what you consider answers. Like, mm-hmm. we do know a lot now about Area 51 from the hand scanners that were used, you know, for top secret projects. You have to put your hand in to, you know, what types of aircraft were produced there. We have testimony from people talking that, yes, there were saucers on there. It just depends on how deep you want to go and who you want to believe. But yeah, I think we've I think we've learned a lot, but I think we're going to learn a lot more after my film on December 4th. Absolutely. Uh, what about the so we've had someone on the show before who had claimed that they had been abducted by an alien and, you know, has vague memories of being in a, you know, some sort of spacecraft and and all that. Obviously, the idea of abduction is kind of a phenomenon in itself. Where do you stand on that? Is that just kind of this collective psychological breakdown that people have? And uh, do you believe any of the the accounts? Uh, there's got to be some truth to it. Where there's smoke, you know, there's there's fire. Uh, I have never been offered a ride on a spaceship. I would like that. Then I could tell you <laughs> definitively the truth. Um, you know, this is what I experienced. But I don't know. If you do, send us an email. We'll get you back on. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, man! I'll make sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, yeah, I'll, I'll Facebook live. You know, right from the inside of the crowd. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that I I do think there is merit to the abduction phenomenon. There was a great Harvard psychologist and psychiatrist who was head of Harvard psychiatry named Dr. John Mack, if you've heard of him. Uh, He wrote a number of books on the abduction scenario from the standpoint of head of psychiatry of Harvard University, right? The guy's got a little credibility. And he said, this is not fictitious or imaginary. These people are experiencing real events. So that, in understanding it from his perspective, it told me, I do need to be aware that there's a high probability of truth to some of the abduction accounts, some of them, right? Now, to take it a step further, if you want to get, you know, my mom's really famous in my family for saying, Jeremy, you're fucking nuts. You got your dick in the peanut butter, right? So (laughs) there we go. Yep. So so (laughs) if you want to go a little crazy, right, the implant phenomenon the idea that these non-terrestrial beings would be implanting humans with some sort of nanotechnology advanced microchip, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I thought this was total fucking lunacy. This is ridiculous, right? Uh, however, there was a guy named Dr. Roger Lear, and he was a surgeon who was cutting out these alleged alien implants. So I made a movie on him. You can see it on Netflix right now. It's called Patient 17. And uh, I follow in that movie this belief system, a patient who is being told this foreign object in your body is most likely a a nanotechnological transmitter from a non-human source. I mean, it's crazy, Bones. This movie is wild. So I I did look into it. 
I was very skeptical in the movie. I have a very dry sense of humor in the movie. You'll probably notice. But it was fascinating. It was fascinating what we found. So, I mean, what was the conclusion on that? Like, do you think these things were like extraterrestrial or were they, or is this just all smoke? Is that Joe? Yep. Joe, you got to watch the movie, man. That's I, I. I was poking. I was. Just, you know, I didn't know how much you were gonna release. He's gotta know. leave the listeners. With I mean, watch the movie. I mean, it's a fascinating <laughs> journey. I mean, you know, like you know, the funny thing is, documentary. I can't. I, I'm not gonna make something up. You know, that's what people hate. They yeah. love and hate about my films is I don't always wrap things up in this perfect, pretty little bow. You know, I'm like, this is what happened. This is the film. Check this out. Mm-hmm. And it's a wild journey. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to get to the bottom of it through a documentary film. I mean, who's ever going to get to the bottom of this? I don't know. But we'll shine a little light on it, everybody who's looking at this kind of stuff. So I take a very human perspective. I like the people that I film. I would never film somebody that like I, just, you know, I don't like. You know, I, I'm always filming people that I find interesting. So that's um, that's what the movie is. Check it out. It's really weird, man. It does I, sound very interesting. Yeah. And I like the fact that it is – you know, you're, you know, from what you just said, it kind of leaves it open-ended, so it's open to interpretation. Like, it's up to you to figure out whether you believe it or not. Here's just the information. Yeah, it's honest. It's honest documentary filmmaking. I'm just, you know, life is so incredible and extraordinary in and of itself. There's no reason to make shit up. I'm just showing people. I'm just reporting the news. I'm showing people the beliefs of highly credible individuals with extraordinary belief systems. That's my mandate with my films. But, yeah, I think you're going to like the filming style. It's, it's uplifted. Uh, my one goal in starting to make films about these topics was to uplift the visual medium. I was sick and tired of watching these terrible YouTube videos and trying to figure out if something's real and fake. I just want people to enjoy the experience mm-hmm. of, tr- of asking these questions. No, that that's awesome. And you kind of just said it before. You said, who who is going to figure these things out? And that's a question I always had about, I guess, people like you who are kind of chasing such large questions. Are you okay at the end of the day going through your entire life kind of seeking these answers putting the evidence out there that you can speaking with these individuals and knowing that there may never be a conclusion you know there may never be a larger answer that you get i mean i've always heard that it's the journey not the destination and if you know smart people said that i mean i tend to believe it and yeah i think that it's a it's a really interesting process However, I do believe that I learn something every week, every day that I, that I look at this. I don't think it's you know this you know, hamster wheel that we're running on. We are learning stuff about UFOs, about the phenomena, about the nature of reality and our position in this time at this place every day. You know, if you're looking at this, so yeah, what better than to spend your time if you have the luxury, you know, to spend your time thinking about these big questions? Absolutely, that that's an awesome answer. Uh, as we kind of, you know, wrap this up, uh, you know, we always really do bring the show back, I guess, to the individual. <laughs> you just said your mom calls you nuts and something about peanut butter on your dick. <laughs> but- yeah, she, she said, she's, she one time said to me, dude, you're fucking nuts. You got your dick in the peanut butter. It took me like two days to figure out oh, that joke, I guess, you know, ah, she's hilarious. And now all my friends make that, you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, just you, I guess, as an individual, I mean, you seem like, you know, an awesome guy, uh, just, I guess, with family relationships, any other relationships, friends, like being someone who has, who does dedicate your time, you know, to this, to something that the average person 
might not give as much thought to or may just discredit completely without even doing their research. Uh, I, how has that ha- affected, you know, your day-to-day, your relationships? And, uh, you know, I mean, I assume you're definitely one of the most interesting people when you walk into a room, but, you know, how, how has that just kind of affected your social life and life in general? You know, I have found that every, I, I've never experienced anything negative about this. I mean, again, I already have tattoos and a beard and I'm not looking for employment at a Walmart, you know, so I, I, I it's not like I have to, you know, change my dynamic and act a little bit less crazy in order to get a normal job, right? So I think it is, and, and this has been said to me before by my mentor in journalism, it is our job to investigate the unexplained, not to explain the uninvestigated. So I sincerely am looking for answers and not trying to impose my own will on those answers. So I think in my personal life, I think everybody is interested in this. I have not met an individual on this planet who wasn't interested in the concept and idea of what a UFO is and what it is that people have been seeing throughout history. I have not met a single person either on this planet who hasn't had their own personal experience with the unknown or, or doesn't know somebody that they're directly connected to that has. So this is a part of the human condition. These mysteries that I'm looking at are a part of the human condition that everybody can relate to. So rather than it uh, pushing me out from the social you know, um, standard or, or pushing me away from the consensus reality, I think that ha- you know, having these conversations brings us closer to a truth about consensus reality that everybody everybody is interested in if you've got a curious bone in your body you want to have this conversation so i i don't feel ostracized i feel connected to people through this study that's awesome yeah this I has know. been so interesting i know <laughs> i know we, we just scratched the surface but no we i mean we really I'm just gonna go watch it. all these movies absolutely and as yeah. everyone should um so it's the hunt let me make sure i have this right it is hunt for the skinwalker is out now on is it just itunes or where can people get that every pay-per-view platform on the planet amazon itunes um uh, xbox yeah you you name it vimeo awesome and maybe even the ones not on this planet Mm. you never know (laughs) (laughs) that would be nice yeah so yeah definitely check that out and uh your other films can be found it seems like you mentioned netflix well, yeah, every, everything, everything, all of my work can be found at ExtraordinaryBeliefs.com. And that will link you to my film on Netflix, my films on iTunes. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. All right, dude. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on a call with us. This has been great. Uh, thank you guys so much. I mean, I'm a new fan to your show, Greg and Joe. I mean, I, I like your concept, other people's lives. You know, it allows all of us kind of from listening to some of your episodes, the opportunity to glimpse into the daily reality of other people. And I think it's really useful and very helpful. So I appreciate your show. Thanks for having me on. I hope to talk to you guys again. Wow, man. Really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. All right. Before we get to our final thoughts, let's get to our sponsor today, which is Beard Brand. Uh, personally, I love this company because, you know, obviously I have facial hair, but you know, I, I never used oils or anything like that. Cause I just don't know what they do. Like, I'm just not, you know, whatever. And I like this company because not only do they give you a great product, but they also educate you on beard products. One of the coolest things that they have, uh, you know, with this brand is that, you know, if you head to beardbrand.com slash OPL, you will take this quiz 
um, where they ask you a couple questions about, you know, your style, how, you know, what your facial hair kind of looks like. So they could kind of cater to your needs and give you the right sort of oils and, and products that uh, you would need that matches your style. This is just another thing that I had no idea existed. I didn't know that there was different things that you can have to make your beard look a certain way to match your style. Like I'm going for rugged, so you need this stuff or, you know, I want clean and blah, blah, blah. Like, and you, you would take this quiz and they would find out and they would send you the, the, the uh, products that, you know, would fit your style. And not only that, but they've sort of built a community here. I mean, they have a YouTube channel with over 900,000 subscribers. Uh, you know, they're, they're crushing it, these people. It's like if you ever had a question about beards or facial hair or whatever, you will learn everything you need to learn through this company, and then you will get quality products with this company as well. So it's a one-stop shop for the hair on your face, okay? You get the education, you get the community, and you get the product. So head to beardbrand.com slash OPL. Me and Greg tried out a couple of their stuff that they sent us, and it's it's amazing. And I had, like I said, I had no idea any of this existed or what it did, but I like it. I'm going to keep using it. And if you have a beard and you're interested in that, then head over to beardbrand.com slash OPL and take their quiz. Anyway. <laughs> Yo. That was, that was something. That was something. That was something. That guy's foolish. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that was so. That was like, y'all. I love that guy. That guy's I just cool. love people who. He's really cool and. For the record, by the way, down to earth. That was no like an intended. actual joke. Like the that was like, I'm joking. Wait, you what know? were you joking about? Did I say he was full of shit? Like I don't think he's full of shit. But no, I think no, not I think all. it's fucking awesome that he went to that ranch because he was talking about it like it was this mythical land, and then he just he was like hyping it up, and he's like, I'm about to drop a bomb. Yeah, on yeah, these he kids. knew. That, I was yeah. gonna say, and, and then, then I get like, like chills a little. By the bit. way, I bent, I went, yeah. <laughs> slept there naked. Yeah, uh, dude, that's that's wild. I'm definitely gonna, and I encourage anyone who's listening to definitely go check out this guy's stuff because. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I, I can't not, can't look, not now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have yeah. to see it now. I need yeah. to know. You know. Yeah. So no, he said Netflix, iTunes, all, all platforms on Earth and in space. But that's crazy. I mean, that's awesome, and that, that's the job of a journalist, and for yeah. him, an investigative filmmaker. And uh, like I said before, I love how he does a good job of just leaving it open ended, open for interpretation. It's like here's the information that I have, and mm-hmm. you know, it's good that he says that. You know, I I went there with my skeptic hat on because, I mean, that's your job. You know, essentially is to, you know, you want to go and and you want to report on what you believe and like everything that, you know, has being said. But like, oh god, I need to see this this footage. <laughs> I know. I just I do like like I said at the beginning. Like I I believe more now and one hundred percent. I mean, obviously, I how can a government not fund something like that at the same time like yeah, if you're you have to. first of all the only thing that was shocking to me that is it was that he said 22 million in my you thought head it'd be more I, I, yeah yeah 22 million that's well, nothing i guess it's kind of hard to justify giving a, a lot ton of to something like that but it's true and the way like he said like okay yeah to us it's like ufos aliens but you know the government if there are going to be things flying in our space or you know like technology that we might not understand we need to know we about gotta this. be ready for this. Yeah, <laughs> I want to trust uh, our governments to protect us, or not just protect us, because that's now I'm judging and I'm assuming about Honestly, the, though, the aliens. But just to be able to understand and have 
advance enough technology to understand if we are able to make contact. I'm just letting everyone know. If a portal appears and a 700-pound <laughs> thing comes out of it and kills me... I'm drafting him first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could play in the NFL first yeah. of all. No, but if, he, if, if I get killed by a 700-pound creature... It's pretty legit. That's a great way to go. I was <laughs> gonna say that's uh, that's in your. It's, uh, it has to be in everyone's top three ways. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, my life feels boring now. Yeah, this guy's staying on the ranch. And I like, know, man. I'm trying to go to this ranch. Actually, no way. Nah, no, 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 no. If you were I'm like given the, t- yeah, no, and no not with way. what he said about it, like hitchhiking onto you and yeah, no, 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 no falling. No. <laughs> that's all I need. All, all I need was for him to say that part. Yeah, and. Even if that wasn't true and he made that up, like I would believe it till the day I die. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I, exactly. You're. I'll yeah. just hold on to it mentally. Like, it's over. For it's you. over. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, that was good though. That was very interesting. No, that was great. I feel. I feel much more informed. I want to do more research now. I feel like this. I don't want to have the idea that I have of aliens anymore. Like I'm ready as a person to be more mature <laughs> yeah. and have a belief like that. I like, I don't want to think that aliens are flying around in flying saucers and like have arms the same length as us. And no, like I've upgraded. You've I understand upgraded it. Now? It could be anything. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be, could be. The thing is when conversations like this happen, the next week or so of my life Anyone who I encounter is, they're going to have this conversation with me. I'm oh, I thought you were going to say, aliens. anyone who I encounter is an alien. No. Like, <laughs> you're just looking at everyone like, yo, hold on. No, I'm just going <laughs> to, for the rest of the day, I'm going to be researching this. I'm going to be talking to everyone about it. Yeah, I know. You're nuts like Letting that. them know. But it's interesting. Got your dick in the peanut butter. There is, here's the theory. I'm going to By the way, this. out of this entire <laughs> podcast that we did. Yeah. That line was the most confusing. <laughs> The dick and the peanut butter. All right. I somehow managed to know. I understood propulsion I understood. and. Uh, <laughs> I understood all that stuff, but once he said "dick and the peanut butter," I was like, "Wait, hold on, we're gonna have to back that one up." Tripped me up. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that threw me off for a second. Um, I'm I'm gonna like butcher this theory, but like I I want to believe in aliens. I mm-hmm. do. <clears throat> so, I was listening listening to something the other day. Basically, the theory that religion. I know you have a lot of thoughts on religion. Okay. The theory that religion is basically a cultural phenomenon where our species and ancestors were never used to basically traveling in more than packs of, I think, 50. Basically, you know, hunting and gathering, scavenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you always had a smaller circle. It was always people you knew and could communicate and, you know, whatever. Yeah. ways they were able to communicate and build their fires and Where's do this all going? that. <laughs> and it really wasn't until, I guess, society started becoming established. And in a society, you are now surrounded by way more than 50 people. And you there are people that you don't trust. There are strangers. Can I trust this person? Are they going to kill me? Like you're, you're now out of your element, your comfort zone. You have to function in a society. You have to provide for each other food money like everything that a society consists of um and that's kind of when i guess the idea of religion came about in terms of it being like uh like a cultural phenomenon of like ne- 
we need to believe in this higher power to basically control everyone, to function in a society, to understand that there can be mortal sin and you can't just kill the person next to you and, right. you know, all of that. Um, basically, the idea that the mind is crazy, it's powerful, and we've kind of, like, we now believe this or we at least have this uncertainty where it's tough for a lot of people to say whether they believe or not. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't want to sit here right now and say I don't believe in religion because I'm terrified to say I fully don't believe. Right. But I also can't sit here and say like I do fully believe. But I did, do you think the idea of aliens can like fall in line with religion? Like there's just so many similarities. If you look at it from that perspective that we're just always going to have it kind of like implanted in our minds that there's something we don't understand, something bigger than us to kind of ground us and make us be able to just function. I, Does that make any sense? I, I, I understand what you're saying that there needs there. I think what it comes down to is to think that you know everything is is foolish. Well, of course. And there could be things that happen that we don't necessarily understand why. You know what I mean? And there's things that we take for granted, like you know, for instance, the cell phone. This is this would be extraterrestrial if it just popped up in the '60s. They'd be like, "What the fuck is this thing?" You know. So the idea of this would be extraterrestrial, you know? So maybe, you know, if what he's saying is true, all this stuff, it's just technology that we haven't accessed yet or knowledge that we haven't accessed yet. But I feel like eventually you catch up, but there could be, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I, my point is being, like, to answer your question, I think that I I do see similarities and I don't at the same time. I just feel like, with the aliens, it's a little different. I, I think it's just weird for someone to be like, oh, it's just us and that's it. Like, that's dismissive to me. Like, I'm not someone who, who does that. Like, I'm open to hearing your, you know, theory on things. And if I if that sounds like in line of with my mentality or thoughts, then sure. Like, why not? Like, of course, there's possibilities of these things uh, happening. But what you're saying is you think that people may have just started this and then now, um, to be fair, we're I, just chasing ghosts. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, I'm not exactly sure what I'm saying because now I'm at the point where I just talk about aliens for an hour, and now I'm just like my mind is spinning. I'm so confused. But it was. You I, think it's a man? You think that it's a possible that it's a man? Well, that is thing. a theory that it is like a psychological phenomenon among like humans, where at a certain time, everyone kind of collectively started believing in a higher power. Right. Sure. I mean. I don't know. It's hard to say, man. No, I mean, yeah, there's there's no answer. There is I don't no know answers. if it was a question. I just want to sound smart. Who wants to have answers also? No. Which was a great answer by him that he's, you know, that it's not about the answer. It's, it is the journey. It's questioning the things around us. And yeah, I don't know if I would even want to know. Yeah. Like, let it, let it just happen. When I'm like 90 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me spill them out then. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. At that point. Uh, but like, I, I don't know if I'd want to know. No. Because it's just, why do I need to think about, like, it's not, I can't, if I can't control it, I, if I couldn't control anything, not anything, but like, whatever I can't control, like, I don't even want to know about it. Just let it happen. Like, yeah. I don't want to know. Because then, it's like, now I got to, my life adjusts drastically to information like that. And it's like, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, no, it's, I it's, wouldn't want to know. It's fun to think about, but. 
We'll probably I mean, it's cool to think that, you know, these dudes were sitting on like a porch or whatever with like infrared or night vision and saw this thing crawl out of a portal or whatever. Like, that's <laughs> that fucking really awesome. Stuck with you, huh? Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If I saw that, first of all, I'll shit my pants like immediately, like a lot of poop. Um, but like, I'd be like, yo, what the? F-? And then like, how do you live the rest of your life like normally? Like, right, how do you just right, like right. go out and like eat at a diner without thinking that this fucking portal is going to appear and this yeah. thing's going to fuck all of us. I feel cool. I'd be like, I just, just know you shit. have that in your back pocket. Yeah. yeah. You're like seven years old. Like sit down like to your, <laughs> to your like nephew, sit down. Asshole. Uh, I got some fucking shit to say. Um, but yeah, definitely go check out this guy's stuff. He was a really cool guy. Um, also that other thing on Netflix called patient 17, patient 17. sounded interesting as well. I might check that out. Maybe as I'll well. watch that first because netflix is so easy yeah and i want to see like a weird metal alien technology get removed from someone's body <laughs> it's crazy They're, oh my god okay. yeah it's wild uh all right cool um if you guys want to follow me on twitter it's at joe santagato and, and uh you can go to opl slash contact send us an email if you think you have something that would be right for the show and uh we'll try to get back to you schedule something and we'll put it up maybe this season maybe next season maybe never who knows i don't know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, honesty. You can find me at Greg Dybeck, uh, the show at OPL show on Twitter and follow, not follow because you can't follow on iTunes. <clears throat> uh, I meant to say like, no, I didn't. What is going <laughs> I, on? Can't, I can't say leave a rating and review is what I mean to say. There's so many, <laughs> so, so many aliens channels. in it. <laughs> uh, leave a like and rating and subscribe <laughs> to the review. Uh, Rate and review the show if you love it on iTunes. Yes, those go those go. Or if you hate it, let us know why. Yeah, but you know, just I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Greg's gonna need five after this. Um, Anyway, uh, that is all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening.